Another episode of the Post Report Podcast brought to you by NHL News Updates. I'm your host, Luke. I got my three guys with me, Josh, Steve, and Stack. Stack, how are you doing today? Pretty good. Pretty good. Just another day in frozen hell paradise. And craziest of all, the light of my life in the past uh, like 24 hours was the newest episode of the Book of Boba Fett. Which, if you haven't been following along and you enjoy Star Wars, follow along with it. You won't regret it. And if you especially follow The Mandalorian, spoiler alert, if you haven't watched it, this kind of on you, uh, you should watch this latest episode of The Book of Boba Fett. But that's yeah, I need me. to get I'm into a, that. I, I'm such a huge Star Wars nerd. Um, but besides that, not a whole lot going on. Just working and oh i turned 23 uh so that was Yay! Cool. A couple at birth ago. yes thank you but no one likes you anymore so well no one liked me in the first place but uh, uh oh. that's what i get for being a leafs fan um either way yeah besides that not a not a whole lot going on uh josh wh- what about you um, I'm doing pretty good. Uh, got that hockey stick in the mail I was telling you guys about last episode. Get to try it out this weekend at Broken Sticks, so that'll be fun. Um, I've been writing a lot more for WGR, as some of you may have seen, so that's cool. Did a cool piece for Die by the Blade today, too, where I did like a hypothetical Sabres team. Um, but that is not posted yet, but it will be hopefully by the time this episode gets out to all of you, so to go check that out as well. Um, yeah, I'm no longer a radio person. I guess I just write a lot now. <laughs> no, but um, I just, I'm really enjoying work, getting a lot more opportunities. Uh, got to work at that love, work for the lovely, lovely Bills game. Um, that was fun, but also sad, but also fun. Depression. Depression. Other than that, doing pretty good. Just uh, itching to get back on the ice. Haven't played hockey in a little while. Steve-O, how are you doing, buddy? Well, in honor of that said Bills game, I propose a 13-second moment of silence followed by a 13-minute screaming at clouds followed by 13 seconds of running into the middle of oncoming traffic (laughs) and then just see what happens. The 13 seconds of silence starts now. No, 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 no. <laughs> not putting 13 seconds of dead air. Come on. Just to console, pat ourselves on the back for, as Tim Murray would say, having our peepees whacked. <laughs> Great use of a Tim Murray quote. That was fantastic. Yeah, what I, I show what am I, I on right now? <laughs> Dude, Welcome you're on to the, the show, show of I had a 11 o'clock puck drop last night at a rink 30 minutes from my house up at 6 a.m. and work nine hours. And then I've been studying ever since. This is just life for some reason. Uh, so, Luke, how are you? Uh, you know, uh, I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm still like sad because of bills, but you know, 
we're here, we're living, we're thriving. I'm going to be really cold this weekend, so I'm not looking forward to that. Well, judging by your hair, it looks like you either walked into a wind tunnel or you stuck your head into a blender and then chickened out at the last second. I mean, I I wanted to do that on Sunday, but that's besides the point. Listen, listen, wait a minute. Time out. Back up. Sunday? Sunday. I have a story for you for Sunday. I I got to work at 8 in the morning that day. And then at 6 o'clock, my 8 to 6 normal shift ended. And then I went over to WGR and worked from 6 till 1 in the morning. Or no, I'm sorry, midnight, not 1 in the morning. It was going to be 1 in the morning. But then they lost, so we didn't go all the way. So, gah, yeah, 16 hours in one day. And on top of that, the Bills lost. It was a very sad drive home. Luke, yeah. did, did you? Yeah, stack, did had, you? yeah I didn't. Because I know I didn't ask. Okay, I'm sorry. <laughs> but like I said, this is a hockey podcast. That's your. Uh, that is what we are here to talk about. I can't English today, so I'm yeah. sorry, all you guys listening. <laughs> but I'm just here to rip on you guys. Speaking it's the of whole like reason, I took a break. <laughs> speaking of ripping on people, um, someone that is now apparently going to be back in the NHL with a team is Evander Kane. I hate this so much. Like, this guy, I don't, I, don't, I don't even know where to begin because, like, there's just, where do you begin? He's bankrupt. He's a bad father and husband. He's, uh, I don't know. I don't know. Okay, <laughs> as all recent grads, not having money does not mean you're a bad person. No, but he's he had a seven million dollar contract and blew it at a casino instead of you know paying for his house paying for his wife and kid like it's different if like he had that money because we have no See, one I, to provide for i i agree with your conclusion it's the reasoning i'm having <laughs> trouble with evander <laughs> kane uh did, did we announce his contract so it's like a verbal agreement for now it's uh, a verbal with agreement. edmonton million for one year prorated. So he's not getting all that money. It's just prorated for the year. We're halfway through. So he's getting basically a million dollars. I I don't know why he's even getting a contract. And also. Because Edmonton's desperate goals, win games, winning games gets you not fired. Yes. But Edmonton, a team that, you know, has McDavid and dry settle RNH, all these guys, that can score goals. Um, they've been allowing all I don't know these what. guys. You named the only three that can play. Okay. Anyway, Zach Hyman. Yes. But how many they, goals? They're they're allowing what four, five, what? six goals a game. Maybe offense isn't the issue. The Edmonton Oilers in the season of 2021-2022. Oh God! I thought I was going to have all the stats. Never mind. I'm not ready yet. Continue. I mean, Hyman has ten. 11 goals but like seven of those were scored in the first like seven games he was on a super hot streak but the whole team has cooled off and now they need this douchebag apparently Um, allegedly they need a goaltender and defenseman but what i was going what i was going to say speaking on those goaltenders the edmonton Oilers have scored 125 goals for they have also conceded 128 goals against so you can score That's the real issue and you can here. add people to score all you want 
but your goaltending sucks. Mike Smith was okay last year. He was pretty good, actually. He had like a a nine two three save percentage or something like that. I was listening to Chicklets earlier, and they were talking about him. And he earned that contract, but he's been injured, and he hasn't been good. He's only played, I think, like six or seven games this year. Well, he's like 38 years old. And Miko Koskinen sucks. Like, the Oilers are he's just like looking. He's like 32 years old. The Oilers are looking at all the wrong places. Like, they should not be getting a, a shitty goal scorer at that. Like, sure, Evander Kane can score, but not the greatest goal scorer. I mean, he's a quote-unquote top they... six forward. They also took a look at the Toronto Maple Leafs' absolutely horrid defense from two years ago with Cody Cece behind Tyson Berry and said, you know, this is a great idea. Let's sign both of these guys to contracts. And then they picked up the ghost of Duncan Keith, and now they're – and then, oh, they just gave Darnell Nurse or, like, tied Darnell Nurse for the biggest contract for a defenseman in the league. Like of the new wave I, I don't of get defensemen, it. like with Makar and those guys, uh, and he looks worse. Bad. Like Edmonton's screwed, but but what's scary? Yeah. This guy what's, doesn't really move the needle. What's funny wrong, is, but at least morally, this doesn't move the needle for Edmonton. Stuart Skinner is the backup for Edmonton right now because Mike Smith is hurt. He has played 11 games and has 2.93 goals against and a 9.07 save percentage. Miko Koskinen, who is supposedly quote unquote better, has 23 games played, a 3.24 goals against average, and an 8.99 save percentage. Like, that is god awful. Like, that is Carter Hutton bad. Well, okay, maybe not that bad. Yeah. Yeah. So. I would just like to point out that Stack said they signed the ghost of Duncan Keith. Last week, I had said they signed the corpse of Duncan Keith. So sometime between the start of the season and now, he died. Uh, I'm just (laughs) not sure where that headline went. And uh, two, as I have been saying for years, Ken Holland is not a good GM. How much better is this team than they were when he got there? The answer is they are just as bad. You know how hard it is to do neither better nor worse than when you got there, basically being a benign presence the whole time while making moves. You know how difficult that is? It's an astounding, absolutely phenomenal case study in mediocrity. Yeah. You want to you know, know what else is great? Not even on the ice bullshit. Dead cap and retained salary. Milan Lucic is still being paid for the next two years. James Neal is being paid $1.9 million for the next four years. And Andre Sakara is being paid $1.5 for the next two years. Andre Sakara hasn't played for the Edmonton Oilers in years. Four, three years. Almost four years. And they're still paying I mean, neither is James. Neither is James Neal. Well, he's, no, James Neal was a, James Neal was a couple years ago. He's, he's two a, years removed already. Yeah, but but – Sakara has been on the stars for three years. <laughs> like, I just don't uh, like it. This just this whole thing is bad. I think we're going to see a remake of the Eichel saga with the McDavid saga minus that, the injury. Hopefully, the, the last a joke that Buffalo was Edmonton East. 
Well, guess what? They Buffalo surpassed them, but Edmonton's coming back with a vengeance. Oh yeah, Edmonton's like, oh, I see what you did there. I'm gonna do that times twenty. I'm I'm gonna blow up not only McDavid, but I'm gonna blow up Drysaitel. I'm gonna blow up Nugent Hopkins. I'm gonna blow up Hyman. Like they're all gonna be gone. And then they're. Oh, gonna, I wonder if Drysaitel's. It's gonna be Tankathon. It's gonna be Tankathon three. Return of the suck. <laughs> yeah that la- last thing i want to say on this before we jump into some other pieces of shit across the nhl is what what happened like how are you so bad in the fact that the sabers already possibly like on paper at least are making better moves on paper the sabers look like the better team in the next five years yeah like i the only good prospects they have quote-unquote good philip broberg and the other defenseman um evan bouchard that's it don't forget in a couple years but david's coming home all right all right stop it all right stop it well you don't have the money you don't have the money to do that hold hold on okay the cap's gonna go up Eh, not that much not by fourteen and a half or twelve and a half million dollars in five years. Oh, actually, yeah, no, five years maybe. It was going to go up to eighty-seven before COVID, from eighty-two. Who's to say they can't go up more? Yeah, in five they, years, all in the five TV years money, all the TV money, all the attendance money is going to come back. No more Tavares. Dr- See, Tavares is going to be gone, and in five years. And it yeah. signed for what? Two more. He signed like, for a. Eight. He signed for seven. He Two years. For ago. Seven. He's been there three for years three. Ago. Yeah, he's off okay. the year before McDavid's yeah. off. But remind reminder. Yeah, so that Matthews is about to get paid. Yeah, Matthews is. Yeah. And Marner comes off the same year as Tavares. Yeah, Marner can fuck off. Anywho, <laughs> um, there's no way. If Matthews well, and McDavid oh, end up on the same team, I will never watch another hockey game. It'll be like Mario and Yarmir all over again. But no, McDavid and are McDavid and Drysidle are rotting away on, in Edmonton. You don't think Connor wants out? He I doesn't bet, strike me as the guy who wants to stay on a shit team his whole career. I bet yeah, if somehow this isn't basketball, these guys aren't going to be like, "Oh, I can't win by myself, so let me team up with my." superstar also friends be a beta male and let you guys lead me to a championship fuck that mcdavid wants to be the guy matthews wants to be the guy eichel wants to be the guy well there's no fucking way he would pay to be the guy i there's no fucking way either of them would want to play second fiddle i mean dry kind of already playing playing second fiddle right now dry but he doesn't really have a choice in this case because he was already there more points Last two seasons, that is true. Yeah, it's Fair. different so when you draft really them and they have no rights. Yeah, yeah, because neither of them, both of them are getting at least sixteen million dollars. You're gonna tie up it, more than a third of your cap in two guys. Yeah, okay. Well, when you're the center of the hockey universe, uh, yeah, cap doesn't matter how much money you make. <laughs> moving on though. Moving on though, one piece of shit that shouldn't be in the league gets signed and we want to talk about 
Another a local, shit, a local piece of shit. Local piece of shit that just got suspended uh, for three games, and that is Buffalo's very own Aaron Dell. I. It's so hard to defend him, but it's also so hard to go against him because we saw what happened to Ryan Miller. We saw what if, what's happened to other goalies in the past when they don't stand up for themselves. But at the same time, Dell didn't need to stand up for himself in that case. Yeah, he, it was just a dirty, cheap, cheap yeah, shot. He was, he was, and by, well, I shouldn't say stand up for themselves. I should say be physical, not stand up for themselves. Um, Physicality is one thing, but hitting that guy when he's not expecting it is another thing. Steve, you look like you have a perplexed look on your face. What's wrong? That's the take you want. <laughs> yeah, really? I, I, I really think that, that flying elbow. He has a history. This is the third well, okay. time he's like done I said, something I'm not... baggage. He's not defending himself. He's pissed off because he well, sucks. That's... He's the fifth string goalie on a team that can't fucking win or stop a damn puck. And he still is one of the worst pieces on the one of the worst franchises in the entire league. That is such a kick to the balls for the pride. And guess what? He is a dirty little shit. I don't right. care. Like, I, I absolutely I, I, do not care. I don't want to see him in my team's fucking jersey ever again. There has to be a certain level of standard. You can't just be flying elbows to someone who's not looking so that he blows out his fucking ankle going into the boards just because you let in three shitty goals. Granted, probably one of them was okay, but my point still stands. It pissed me off watching it. Pissed me off that the entire rest of the team now has to answer the bell for a guy they probably don't give a shit about. Honestly, well, if, I, if I were them, I would have told their – they it's Ottawa, so they've got to have a goon. I'm just blanking on who it is. Watson, I think, Watson, is their yeah. quote unquote tough guy. If I was Mark Pezzi, I would have let him just absolutely run him over. Oh, that, no, no, like, yeah, was it hold- looked bad on me, but what the fuck, what the fuck are Buffalo gonna do to me? I'll go Pe- somewhere Pesek else. Pesic was holding back Kachuk, and Kachuk could just as easily beat him up. But my my point was is well, yeah, and you could see in his face like he didn't want to. My my point it was, was like, is like everyone saw- knew. He deserved to get his ass run over, but it didn't happen because, you know, goalies can't be touched. Well, guess what? If the goalie touches me, I'm cracking his skull open. Well, yeah, because, like, what I was going to say is, is you saw a couple weeks ago in Nashville, Dell was playing the puck and had to defend himself. He hit that guy in the, along the boards in Nashville. That was, like, He went okay. out of his way to hit the guy. He, he was playing the puck. He was, he was right on the boards where the puck was. I mean, it was a little – He got rid of the puck, and he dropped the guy. Okay. He jumped that into was... him, a guy who was not going to touch him because he's a goalie, and there are standards in hockey. You don't touch the goalie. Yeah, but that's clearly why some Lucic people... is a piece of shit. Yeah, exactly. And Dell so... is equally a piece of shit for destroying that norm and attacking a defenseless player because that's what he was. He was a defenseless player. And now he's hurt. He was an all-star, and now he's hurt for Aaron fucking Dell, who can't make it in the eight goddamn AHL. I guess I should have worded my thing better. I'm sorry. I just I, like I'm not saying. I, that, I'm I'm sorry for going after you. No, I'm, no, it's I'm okay. It's just cranky. I, I should they, I, they, sh- I I guess I shouldn't have worded it in the sense of like you know, goalies need to be physical. But at the same time, if a goalie is going after is defending himself, then it's one thing. But he wasn't defending himself. Like that was where my end point was going. Is he wasn't defending himself. He was going after someone that wasn't going after him. If Batherson was skating at him it'd be a different story but Dell skated at him it's 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 just a stupid scenario 
that could have all been avoided if he just wasn't on this fucking team. And I don't want him on this team because he fucking sucks anyway. Like, it just pisses me off that this is the situation. Yeah, I, I, think, I think he's done in the league. I hope so. I think the entire league just watched that and said, all right, you're not even good. You go fuck. You can go fuck off. Yeah, like, it'd be one thing if he could, like, you know, stop some pucks. People would be like, wow, like, a good goalie can actually lay the body, but actually you shouldn't have laid the body there. So, hey, take your suspension, then come back and do good. Like, Dude, I would be the first one to stand up, laugh my ass off, and cheer if he got, like, cross-checked or hacked in the glove and they are digging at his glove and he came up and blockered somebody in the face. I love that shit. That, uh, that, uh, that moment in Goon where mm-hmm. Belchy, where, yeah. where it's the absolute brawl and Belchy skates out, Banzai, motherfucker! Love it. Yeah. Absolutely love it. The first time I saw it, me and my brother were laughing our asses off. I was rolling on the floor. Like, that shit's great. But what Dell did was gutless, spineless. They're just look up the in the fucking thesaurus for piece of shit, pussy shit, garbage, and you'll probably find an adjective that fits this guy. Fuck him. Get him out of the league. Get him off my team. Done. Yeah. End of speech. There is – there's – there's no reason for him to come come back to the team. Honestly, I'd rather have Nate Robson back up Michael Hauser at this point. Dude, with I'd the, rather have with that the we have around here, but between former RIT goalies, former Canisius goalie, just sign one of them. You know, let let that let them get a little money. Put them in the yeah. HL whoever the hell we have in Rochester at this point. Like I, I don't want to see him again. Ride Hauser. Dookie Hauser's doing pretty well. It's whatever. With it's that, awesome. With that, like we said, Drake Batterson does get injured on the play, and he's out for about two months. We'll miss the All-Star break. Brady Kachuk, his teammate, will step in for him uh, at the All-Star break. So hopes to speedy recovery for Drake Batherson. Don't like seeing people get hurt on plays like that. But I think we have one last, you know, kind of shitty – situation i guess you could say before we get into some of the nicer stuff i I believe stack has some information on that for us yeah so in the never-ending saga that is what the fuck is going on with the arizona coyotes uh the chapter that might be starting up soon is this from craig morgan uh consistently reports on all things arizona sports worth a follow if you somehow stand the coyotes um Breaking, the Coyotes are in advanced discussions with ASU, Arizona State University, to use the university's multi-purpose arena as their temporary home for the next three to four years. So basically what you're hearing is Arizona Coyotes might play in a college hockey arena for four years. Why don't we fucking relocate these assholes? Quebec City can use a team. Like... That I saw a tweet about this, and I, I forgive me I, if you somehow listened to this show and were the one who tweeted it, but you would rat Gary Bettman would rather that they might sell out 5K in an Arizona arena at a college campus when they would definitely sell out games in a Canadian city or a more populous American city in front of 19,000 fans. Give me you the Houston like, Arrows. Give me the Houston the, Arrows. You don't think the Quebec 
Nordiques rerun would sell out. Or oh my God! Hartford Whalers rerun look at the, would sell out. Look at the the um jersey sales when the when the Avalanche had the reverse retros. Like I honestly, I would take the Danbury Trashers over the Arizona Coyotes. <laughs> what a good documentary! At least they got. At least they sold out crowds. Yeah. Like this just got. Bring me the Thrashers, Gary yeah. Batman. Gary Batman's too much of a air airhead to admit he fucking failed this chapter of hockey. He's Arizona should never have seen ice in the first place and they should never see it again. Now I'm what's funny nervous. though is the ASU team is more successful than the Arizona Coyotes. Like ASU nasty. They could yeah, beat they, they the Coyotes. At, they they were a D1 club team. But mm-hmm. they, just absolutely, they just won the national championship so many times because everyone wanted to go to ASU. Yeah. I mean, I mean, it's not like they have huge academic standards there. So they, they were picking off some pretty damn good players. So then they just they skipped all the levels and went straight to D, uh, NCAA D1. Like, that, that team there was crazy good. It was like the dream for every plug junior player, which I was one, to go there and play club there. And then we're like, oh, fuck. Now they're D1. Now, <laughs> just like Bruski from Longest Yard. Now I'll never get to play. <laughs> but it's it's just crazy because there's like seven or eight cities that you can just think of off the top of your head that would be much better than Arizona. Quebec is one. Houston's one. Hartford's one. Um, I really think even Atlanta could be one, honestly. Like the amount of just thrashers, memes, and jokes could just – keep the team alive for like a couple years and whatever. But like, I, I the think Arizona it- coyotes are the fetch of the NHL. They keep trying to make them a thing. They're not going to be a thing. I think another and, problem is the and management is and a the close owners. Second. Yeah, I guess. But I think the other thing is like the, the owners and the management well, as well, you know, evading paying the arena, evading paying taxes, um, treating yeah. treating your staff like shit and berating them in front of everyone. Yeah. yeah, I wrote a whole paper on this shit for my final project for one of my classes last year. They've done a lot of bad things, not just not pay stuff, you know, just be losing, bad people in general. Losing draft picks doing due to illegal uh, workouts, you know, they mm-hmm. drafting I, drafting a racist and a and a piece of shit. I, I I don't know how they are still a team. I always like liked Arizona. I don't know why. I just I loved their jerseys. Honestly, the jerseys are part the of jerseys it. are the only good thing about them. Yeah, at this point, that's literally the only good thing about them. And Clayton Keller, because I like Clayton Keller a lot. Um, completely unrelated, but kind of related. Live live breaking news, whatever. Uh, first goal for Quentin Byfield. He scored good for um, him in the in their game against the Islanders just a minute ago. So good for him. Glad he, He's uh, gonna be so much better than Lafreniere. It's not even oh, yeah. funny. Oh yeah. He's also gonna be better than Turcotte. Mm, yeah, probably. Well, yeah. Except Byfield went second overall his year. True. That is true. Tur- Turcotte was the year before fifth overall. Yeah. But he did not have the hype around him that Byfield did. No. That is he true. He was never in the same. He was never the same prospect. Yeah. That is true. Lafreniere got picked immediately before Byfield. Yeah. Which was a dumb move by the uh, Rangers. I, I mean, I know he was the consensus number one, but you could what not he done? look at the two players and think that Byfield had did not have a better chance to be a better player. Like yeah. He had so what much is... more upside. He plays center. He's bigger. 
He's so uber talented. It's unreal. That Lafren- kid is going to be an absolute fucking stud for 15 years. Lavernier has 11 points in 41 games right now. Eight goals, three assists. Like, sure. And he didn't lose a full year to injury. Right. Like, Byfield is coming in. has more points than him. Oh, God. <laughs> and, and Lafreniere is untouchable. Well, actually, he kind of could be considered untouchable. But anyway. Um, Moving on, though, um, we need to relocate Arizona at this point, as we said. They, they just do not deserve a franchise anymore. If it's America, give me Houston. If it's Canada, give me Quebec. Yes. Simple as that. Just like how Chris Drury made half his roster untouchables, Gary Bettman must be listening to too much MC Hammer and saying, you can't touch this with the Arizona Coyotes. <laughs> guess what? We'd all be served better if you just moved the effing team. Because guess what? They will sell out a 5,000-seat arena. And it's, Steve has it, met his F-bomb be... limit for the night. <laughs> with I that, know. though, we move on to so, some better also, news. I... Uh, never mind. I'll talk to you later. <laughs> With that, though, we'll move on to some better news. And for a Western New York, um, at least um, they went here for school, and that is the Vancouver Canucks uh, signed a female assistant general manager and a new grad, Emily uh, Castingay. Castingay? I don't know how to say her name. I apologize for that. If I butchered it, I'm sorry. Good for her, though. I mean, a lot of people around the league have been talking about the hire, too, not just because, hey, like, this is the first assistant, female assistant GM, but also because, hey, this is a really good hire. Like, apparently, I, I, I mean, I, I don't follow GMs at all, but apparently she's, like, a pretty well-liked GM, not only for, like, personality reasons, but just for, like, what she's done for other teams and stuff. So it's kind of a good hire as in, hey, this is a good – good you know candidate and also hey this is the first female assistant gm yeah beyond the historical implications which personally i could give two shits about like it yes it is important trailblazing whatever put all the superlatives what i want are the best people for the job in those jobs right and if she is the most qualified which by all accounts she is it is a good stepping stone for this league to get their head out of their ass with these nepotism recycled hires, which is an app. It's killing the league. So it's a step in the right direction for reasons that aren't only to do with the historical implications. Yes, most definitely. But, and I hope more, I hope more teams take, take a page out of Rutherford's book here. And go go off, off balance. Off the grid. Go, yeah. That's a little. And it's yeah, a little. Quote. It's a little surprising that Jim Rutherford too. I mean, he's been around forever. You'd think he'd hire one of his good old buddies from wherever. But it's nice to see him think outside the box. That's kind of cool. Adapt yeah, I mean, or die. He's 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 been that type in the past where you like you know kind of out of the box picks like guys that have been around but like never really got their stepping stone anywhere. So. Like it's look at Jason. See. Look at Jason Carmanos, and now look where he is. Exactly. Yeah, Jason so. Carmanos was the guy who reeled Rutherford in from doing yeah. absolutely insane things like trading Malkin. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Jim Rutherford. So, so may, maybe uh, she'll be the no, no Jimmy, no. <laughs> yeah. With that, 
other, other, you know, better news is the Olympic rosters have been set and two Buffalo Sabres prospects are on the Canadian Olympic roster. One being a Devin Levi, who is, um, made the roster over another Devin who didn't even make the roster. Oh, Devin Dubnik. I was like, who? <laughs> yeah. I had, I, had, I had to add in the roast of Steve right there. <laughs> Devin Dubnik is still a free agent, and the Sabres need a goaltender. Steve, it's your time to shine. Go. I will not tolerate any Devin Dubnik slander on this podcast. He didn't make I'm the Olympic you. roster. <laughs> okay. Neither did you. I wasn't trying to. He was. <laughs> and they chose a 19-year-old playing at college over him. A very good 19-year-old, might we add. Still. He's on pace to beat Ryan Miller in shutouts. shutouts. And could be the first goaltender since Ryan Miller to win the Hobie Baker. And is the first Buffalo Sabres goaltender to make the Olympics since Ryan Miller. So, yay. And he yeah, will most really likely excited see to watch time. Yeah, really excited to watch him in the Olympics. Also, Owen Power is probably going to be the best player on that team. They, they do I have mean, Mason Eric McTavish. There. Huh? Yeah. Mason McTavish is on that team. He is on that team. I'm telling you, Owen Power is better than Mason McTavish. Uh, yeah, Owen Power is better. Luke. Yeah, yeah, I'll <laughs> give you that. I'll give you that. And honestly, and I really hope he dominates for Canada. Still want, obviously, Team USA to win. But I want to see Levi and Power absolutely dominate these Olympics. I think it's going to be an incredible experience for them. And the fact that they had the world juniors pissed away from them because the double IHF is about as incompetent as the IOC is this is redemption for them. You know, they're going to be coming in hungry and it's going to be amazing to watch. Stack. Are there any Leafs players that have made the Olympics so far? Or do you not know yet? Slash prospects. Uh... Or there yeah, were prospects. A I mean. couple prospects did one for oh well yeah Matthew Knees and uh, Nick Abruzzesi made Team USA I believe. Did uh, uh, Ronia Hervinen end up making Finland or no? I don't think so. I haven't seen the European rosters. Besides, there's another Leafs prospect I believe his last name's Holmberg who made Sweden. What about Russia? Uh, Did like Amirov make it? I don't think so. I haven't seen those. I'll have to go look. I I mean, Mikhail Gregorenko made the Russian roster. I I I think Amirov could could make but it. Again, <laughs> again, barely playing because as soon as those guys sign with the NHL teams in Russia, and they're still playing in Russia. They send them to hell, basically. So yeah, and there's also sure. you also got to think like maybe they didn't even want to play. Some of them, yeah, some true. of that could have turned down the invitation to the Olympics due to some, you know, personal reasons and or, you know, Beijing's reasons. Um, but it's it's going to be, it's definitely going to be fun to see Devin Levi and Owen Power play against men instead of other college athletes their age. Over under 30 goals for Canada when they play China. <laughs> <laughs> hammer the over because they're in the same pool same with team usa oh boy yay yeah. <laughs> who else is yeah. in that pool is it just those three or is there one more there's like six per pool isn't there i thought there was six only teams. three or four 
couldn't tell you. All I know is they're both slated to play China, and I hope we annihilate I'm gonna say, them. By like I'm going to say at minimum. I'm going to say at minimum over twenty. Minimum. Has there ever been a mercy rule in the Olympics? No, but they probably should have much for this. I would like to see a running clock against those Tricoms. Uh, but like I said, it's definitely going to be fun to see Levi and Power both go up against, you know, people that aren't their age and see what they can do, is see if they can still put up the numbers and the um, skills that they show. Yes, I well, understand, power, you know. Yeah, It's, it's going to be – it's. It's not like NHL talent, quote unquote, but it's still like they're still grown men versus it, college athletes. Yeah, it's more of a test for Levi to see if it'll translate to pro- probably a. It's going to be better hockey than college hockey, mm-hmm. but it's not like he hasn't seen that with the World Juniors. I probably yeah. think the World Juniors is probably a higher level than the Olympics are going to be without pure NHL talent, and then. Uh, but Power proved it at the World Championships last year that he can be an absolute workhorse for Canada. So exactly. he, should I, ab- he should absolutely dominate. Exactly. And I want to I see that he can continue that trend. And it's not just one of those one-and-dones or, hey, he's really good in college, but he can't transition it to playing against guys that are 30 that might be built bigger than the college guys he's plays, facing and whatnot. Because that's the thing, too. Yeah. Like, all these guys are going are, are to be bigger than the college guys he's facing. That's I'm, I'm so excited for Owen Power. Oh, I'm, I'm beyond excited. Everything of his game looks like a more early developed Victor Hedman. Yeah, and there's talks that um, come to the end of the season, he might see some games from well, RGM. So, yeah, okay, I didn't hear that, but it makes sense because when the college season ends, he's going to want to burn a year out of his entry-level contract as quickly as possible because – the one downside of doing that is the Casey Middlestat phenomenon where you burn that year, you only get two years of experience under your belt or you don't have enough games or whatnot. So you can't, as an RFA, can't sign with any other team. So literally you're basically indentured, servit- indentured servitude and you can't leverage your way to a bigger contract. That's not going to be an issue for power as long as he – continues to grow the way that we expect him to he's going to be in for a big contract so the quicker he gets to his big ass raise the better for him so yeah if i were him sign as soon as his college season's over almost definitely and i definitely see it happening just because you know at that point the sabers will be even more of a dumpster fire and just let everyone play at that point Trade Colin, trade Colin Miller, and then uh, Power can just step in where Miller. Well, not on the same side, but you know. But with that, Miller, I believe... Bryson, Hag. Wait, Miller's a lot of guys on this. I don't want. Is Miller a left shot though or a right gone. shot? Miller's I don't a right want shot. Bryson out the lineup. Bryson He's played like good. shit against Ottawa, and he played like shit the night Dude. before too. Dude, he he's a fat he's a faster version of uh what's his face from Russia who flamed out here. Antipin. Oh he's a faster version of Antipin. Victor Antipin. Oh my god. Yeah. I forgot <laughs> that was a thing. I forgot we yeah. tried to make that a thing. Yeah. Like he like he's fine, but when you want to be good, he has no place on this team. Yeah. 
with that, before we get into some standings updates and what we think is going to happen as we're hitting up, catching up to the uh, halfway point of the season, I believe Steve has a little rule change idea that he wants to give us. Which you guys have no idea what it is. So No, we, get some, we don't. Uh, instant, instant reactions here. So watching that Bills game and seeing Josh Allen – not get a chance in overtime to answer Mahomes got reminded me that I thought of an alter alteration to the current regular season format here. The league constantly says they want to have more games end in overtime and not in shootouts. But what we've seen with the three on three, the first year when they didn't know how to defend it, a lot of games ended in three-on-three three because it was just chaos, and it was awesome to watch. And now it's turned into, okay, I'm in the offensive zone. I'm out of the offensive zone. You put one foot in, you put one foot out. So to curb some of that, I thought instead of both team getting one point as soon as you get into the extra frame, you only get the loser point if you lose in overtime. So if you go to the shootout, you do not get a point. It would incentivize teams to try and end it in overtime. However, the one drawback I see is somebody literally pulling their goalie because they know they're going to get screwed in the shootout. What are your guys' thoughts? Okay, two things. One, I like it. I like it a lot. And the goalie pull would actually bring more excitement, I think. I think that would be better because that would you – know, like, imagine someone pulling a goalie in sudden death. Like, no one would expect that. And it would just be, like, bonkers. I mean, it would, it would go around the internet for days. Second, have you considered the 3-2-1 rule? You win in regulation, you get three points, and the losing team gets one. You lose in, or you win in overtime, you get two points. The other team gets zero. That's how soccer does it in a way, the, at least the three and the one rule. But then you still get a point if you lose in regulation, but you don't get a point if you go to overtime or a shootout. I mean, I, I don't know about maybe tweak it a little I bit. Feel so. like, I feel like it should be the other way. Yeah, if so you make it to overtime, you get the point. If yeah. you lose in regulation, you don't because yeah. you just straight up now lost. That, yeah, now that I say it out loud. Okay, so three points you win in regulation, two points you win in overtime, and one point if you lose in overtime, and then two points if you win in a shootout, one point if you win in a shootout. Well, I, so, I, say, I say two points you win in a shootout, zero if you lose in a shootout. That's true. You could do that. Just like I Man, added... keep that Keep that incentive for staying in overtime – and not mm -hmm. coming into the zone being like, eh, I don't like what I see, and then going back to your own zone. Yeah, I do like Steve's. It's, it's a lot less um, clunky than the 3-2-1 rule. So as someone who deals with numbers all day, I can't imagine the NHL going to a 3-2-1 system, mostly because their arithmetic is subpar. Math it's, is hard. That's it, why it's two points, because you can easily just add two together. Dude, think how confusing it would be be like, oh, we're three points behind, which is one game behind them, but they have two in hand. But if they lose in overtime, but if there's shit, it just yeah, God, would, my it, head it, hurts it would just make thinking about it would it. make predicting who's going to make the playoffs impossible because anything could happen. 
yeah. it, it would be a step too far in my opinion. Okay. That's fair. I, I, it's just a thought. Somebody had thrown it around a while back and, but I do like your idea. That's, that's interesting. Cause like I said, if someone pulls the goalie in overtime, that would be nuts. Like I would love to see that. that I mean, you might just, see it in the last like 20 seconds, be like, just score, just score. We need it. <laughs> we need the point. And, and it would, <laughs> yeah. Plus it would yeah. incentivize teams who are maybe trying to get a le- leg up on their opponent maybe then they try then there's more strategy to it maybe they're trying to beat them in a shootout so they lose that extra point but if they suck at shootouts then it you better go forward in overtime it's it's an extra layer of chaos maybe it's a little gimmicky but yeah any any comments on it any any thoughts no not really I, i like it i like the idea i just wish the nhl would be uh Open to other ideas. As as we know, they are the most stubborn league in sports. The only the only other thought that I would have is what if you make it like a like a ten minute overtime period, three on three. I was about to say if they're not going to change the length of overtime, this might be a way to try and get the most out of the current format. Right. Yeah. yeah. That'd my be the ideal way. my ideal OT is just go until someone fucking scores, but. That will never happen because NHL. I mean, the shootout shootout followed followed by a 10 minute two on two, followed by a 10 minute one on one, followed by a goalie fight, and then the winner. I was about to say a goalie (laughs) fight. (laughs) (laughs) No, the coaches go out. (laughs) The coaches go out and play play rock, paper, scissors. Donnie Granado would just tear up and get the most points for us. No, they just go out and play rock, paper, scissors. No, I, I honestly, out. honestly though, I'm not against a 10 minute three on three. Make it longer so that, you know, you can have the, you know, they go in the zone, come back, and it's not like already. Oh wow, two minutes already burned on the clock. There's only two and a half minutes to go in overtime. Yeah, but it could like, get it could get boring at 10 minutes. But at the same time, or it could also, also get super hectic and right. it's back and forth for five minutes straight. Right, but you also got to wonder. Five minutes of chilling. You also got to wonder could the fatigue of that you say it does get hectic for five minutes straight could someone could could there be an increase in injuries in overtime because of that you know what i'm saying i don't see injuries i just see fatigue itself um but fatigue leads to injuries quote unquote yes and no well if you're on the sabers everything leads to injuries that is also true (sighs) (laughs) But he, he inhaled too hard and he broke his rib. Yep. Yeah, I'm out for. Uh, I'm, he, I'm he, out. Is, he is currently day to day and then will have surgery to end his season next week. Yeah, I'm going to be off the pod for a while, guys. Yeah. Do, do, do you, does anyone wonder why Eichel told him to shove it? Yeah. No, not like, at all. Like, you're not going anywhere near my neck. <laughs> it's my neck. With, with that, though, um, before we get to the standings now, we have one other thing that I completely forgot about. Stacco, I'm going to let you take it away for this. Yeah, so as always, you know, guys, I try to squeeze in a couple trades here and there. This week, I couldn't really think of anything because of all the rumors swirling and then Evander Kane news and everything else. But there is one thing that popped into my mind, uh, being from where we're from. 
Jack Eichel is returning to the Vegas lineup sometime soon, but with his million dollars, Vegas is already at the cap. Therefore, they need to make a couple moves. The potential names that we could see out the window from Vegas are Jonathan Marcheseau, Evgeny Dadnov, and Alec Martinez. Two of those guys most likely are gone with potentially others as well, depending on who comes back. Most likely, they'll just probably be traded for picks. But the question I wanted to pose to you guys is where do you think these guys could end up? So if you want to maybe say where they end up, you can pick two of them, you know, and then where they could end up. What I put down personally was Boston needs more forwards. Maybe Marcheseau or Dadnov could work there. Marcheseau would be a nice add for Detroit if Detroit decides they want to try and make the playoffs. Uh, Dadnov could go back to Ottawa because uh, Ottawa has the space. Um, so maybe Dadnov in a, in a decent pick to Ottawa just to take the contract, basically. And then maybe Alec Martinez in a team like Florida or St. Louis or the Rangers that really doesn't have a strong left defense core as it is. Those were my ideas, but I wanted to see if you guys had any on where these guys could potentially end up. So my thought is two of these guys, uh, the two most likely to be dealt are Marcheseau and Martinez. Dananov, because of his contract, his age, it's going to be harder because he's not, he's not quite the type of player that Marcheseau is. Marcheseau is still a top six player, even a top line player, whereas Dananov is definitely a middle six pushing top six player. Um, and Martinez is always going to be wanted because he's a very sound defenseman and has been as, as a very good veteran presence for any team that has some kind of young defenseman. Um, I like the idea actually of Martinez in Florida. I think that's probably his would be his best landing spot. Put him there with Aaron Ekblad and Florida might even be better than they already are this year. Um, and it's someone that could really help them veteran-wise try to make a playoff push and playoff run. Alec Martinez to Seattle. What do you think about that? I think he would be like, can I not? I mean, he would fit in right on their left side. Giordano's not going to be there for too long. He could take over for Giordano. Yeah, but Martinez isn't going to be around much longer either. Yeah, that's true. Seattle I don't know, I was, also sucks. Yeah, Martinez is going to want to go to a playoff team. That's fair. A I, bad I just, team I, with too many well, mediocre defensemen. The problem is, though, is you got to look for teams that have cap space for these guys as well. You know, like, See, I mean. What Seattle would do is facilitate a trade. So what they could do fair. is yeah. trade them to Seattle, send them a third-round pick, retain some of the salary, and then ship them to a contender. That's yeah. fair. Yeah. I didn't think about well, that. What Buffalo either. should be doing if yeah. Terry and Kim decide, oh, let me actually spend money to help my hockey team be good. Yeah. Instead of being economically. No, the football season's over. So they just, the football season's over. So they just go back on the super yacht. Yeah, pretty much. Um, Marcia, so I, I think you'd fit Funny. very well in Detroit, or in, in Boston, rather. But again, money issues even in Boston. So it'd have, they'd have to probably facilitate something. Yeah, makes I like was thinking five I was thinking, or six, right? Yeah, I was thinking Boston too. But like you said, Boston, 
is very close to the cap. They're about they have about a little less than a million in cap space oh. right now. Um, and they well they do have two guys on injured reserve. I don't know if I can't. Okay, I can't remember. Is LTIR considered on the cap? Or considered off the cap, or is both IR and LTIR off? The I want to say both are, um, but I'm I, not I can't 100% remember. on that. I, I, I can't remember. Um, but if they were to send him to, or want to send him to Boston, I would say you do one of those facilitation, facilitated trade type things, and then Vegas. So like Vegas sends Marsh sort of Buffalo, for example, but then doesn't send anything with him, and Boston kicks in the incentive to um you know hold up some money on buffalo's end because i mean boston's gonna have to move somebody if they want to bring in marcia so because they need about two and a half million if buffalo can only retain two and a half million so yeah they'd have like, to like move, i said like eric holler or craig smith somebody like that I mean, I'll take an Eric Hall if I can. I'll take Craig Smith, too. I mean, both of them. Uh, I mean, I'll, even ta- like, I'll take a Linus Allmark back. I mean, yeah, that'd be, that'd be four and a half million right there. Yeah. Matt Grizzly. Let's be real. We're going to get a rock. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> um, the, reason, the reason, too, I don't think many teams are going to want Danov is because five million at, what, he's like 32 now, I think. Yeah, Danov's not the hot commodity in this list, but I can see where you were saying those stack with the Ottawa trade, but he's just not look good. He's 32 with two years left counting this year. And he only has, well, he has 21 points in 41 games. It's not terrible, but not somebody that makes 5 million. No, he's, he's a 3 million max kind of player, but he's getting five because of his one really good year. Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, GMs not knowing how to properly pay people, um, but it, it's it's going to be hard. It's going to be hard to move him because no one's going to want to take that contract at his age because he's middling out. He's a middle six forward at this point, and a contending team's going to be like, eh. Yeah. I mean, we could take him, but we're already really close to the cap, and like, he's just he's not Mar- he's not Marcia so. Marcheseau is still a top six forward who can put up points in the NHL. Marcheseau just produces like he's yeah. a better producer than exactly. Dano. So he'll be he'll be easier but harder to move in a sense. So he'll be easy to move because teams will want him. It'll just be a matter of who can shift around their cap enough to bring in Marcheseau for that wants him. Um, but yeah, I I I agree though that. You know, Vegas has a lot of work to do before Eichel comes back. When do you think? Because because it was rumored Eichel's going to be back against the Sabers, which is Tuesday. It's not going to happen, I don't think. I don't think so either. But at the same time, it's like if it can, will they like force it? Will they force a deal to get him back sooner? Not just to, not just to play the Sabers, but like just to get back sooner because they're going to have to make the deal. I don't think they will slay for the fact of they're still sitting first in their division. They're going to make the playoffs with or without Eichel. Eichel's yeah, but, just going to be the added bonus come like later in the season in playoff time. But if Eichel's healthy, he can't stay on LTIR. That's like not. Well, well you, you can look at Kucherov. That doesn't stop Kucherov. Yeah, but Kucherov's 
like supposedly was still hurt. But if Eichel's like skating well, and practicing and everything like that, you can you can practice and still be on LTIR. So is Kucherov. Yeah. That's fair. All right. I don't know. You can, it's you just, can practice and still. It's be the on shitty. LTIR. It's a shitty thing. To, it's a shitty thing to do if they just do it like that. Good teams cheat. <laughs> Look at how Vegas got Eichel and Petrangelo. And Pacioretty and Stone. And exactly. And okay, that's not that's not too, cheating. too far. Too far. That's, some of those some of those were drafts. Yeah. Those are aggressive moves. <laughs> cheating is timing a, a surgery right before the season, a shortened season, so that a guy with the biggest cap hit on your team is off the books so you can load up at the deadline and then bring him back day one of the playoffs. Yeah. That's cap circumvention. Well, I mean, the Petrangelo deal was cap circumvention because they didn't make the deal to move Schmidt yet or move any of the cap off, and they signed Petrangelo, and they were like it, $7 million over the cap at that point. That, that, yes, that's also the offseason and completely different than an in-season True. move. True. Because they do get a buffer. That is that is true. Technically, the buffer is like all off season. Like you can be like oh, yeah, the whole off season, just as long as it's you're- like twenty. It's like twenty five percent. But as a guy who loves numbers, let's stop. <laughs> <laughs> but definitely like the ideas. Um, definitely going to see minimum one of those guys move because yes, they have to make room for Jack Eichel. But with that, we're going to jump right back over to Stack as we're going to break down how the standings look. And um, we're gonna we're gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna pose a question near the end of it. Oh God! We'll wait. We'll wait. So stack, how's that Atlantic division looking? Well, um, the numbers may have changed, but the standings are still the same. Same as last week: Florida, Tampa, Toronto, Boston. In said order, Boston still occupying that second wild card spot behind Washington. But Florida is now advanced to being 29-9-5 and five for 63 points. Uh, they are on an absurd goal-scoring pace. Um, it doesn't seem like anyone's going to catch them. Uh, I believe they are among the league leaders in goal differential. They have 175 right they are, goals. They are, they are tied with Colorado for being plus 50 against their opponents. So Wow. Yeah. Um, Tampa, following behind them, it's no surprise. Same as last week, like I said. They are 28-10-5. So one win separates those two teams. Tampa, of course, getting a bunch of their stars back and pretty much picking up where they're leaving off. Although, as of right now, they are tied with the Devils of all teams. Um, Speaking of... All teams, Toronto seems to be blowing 3-1 leads to all teams they've played because they have, basically, um, the last five or so games. But that still gives them third place in the Atlantic. They are 26-10-3 for 55 points, holding four games in hand on the top two teams. So eight points, that could make up the deficit with Florida if they win every game between them. So the top three in the Atlantic – uh, tight race as of right now the top three teams of the Atlantic are the top eight teams in the league Toronto in eighth Florida and Tampa make up two and three and then the uh, 
just looking at the league standings in general, it goes Colorado, number one, Florida, Tampa, two and three, then three Metro teams in a row, Rangers, Pittsburgh, Carolina, then Nashville out of nowhere, and then Toronto. So as if it wasn't obvious, like from last week's discussion, the Pacific absolutely sucks. But the Metro and the Atlantic, the Eastern Conference run this league. And you already know neither of those, neither teams from those divisions are going to win the cup this year because that's just how this league works. But speaking of perennial cup contenders, Boston, again, takes up the fourth spot. They are 24-13-3 for 51 points. Tuka Rask is back like we discussed last week, and he seems to have picked up basically where he left off. All of these teams of the Atlantic are firing on all cylinders right now, and it's going to be tough to stop them. But an even better division comes up next, and that is the Metro. Yeah, so the Met has four teams that matter, four teams that don't. The four teams that matter are Carolina, New York Rangers, Pittsburgh, and Washington. The teams that don't matter, the Jackets, Islanders, Devils, Flyers. The Islanders have a remote chance to make a run of it because they have about six games in hand on most other teams in the division and actually closer to seven or eight for – guys like the Rangers and Washington. So they have a chance to make a run, but they're also not very good. So I, that's why I put it as a remote chance for those who don't speak in accounting terms. That's less than 20, 20% chance. That's what I mean. I can't believe God, I can't wait till I'm not studying this fucking thing anymore. I can't believe the flyers are on a 13 game losing streak. Yeah, they blow. That up. is insane. Yeah, blow it up. They 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 need something. They need something drastic. Like they they went for it. They thought they were gonna have it. Blow up the team. Rip it down to the studs and trade Joel Farabee to the Buffalo Sabers. Uh, but as far as this division goes, Rangers are leading it right now. One point ahead of Pittsburgh. Two points ahead of Carolina and five points ahead of Washington. Carolina's got a few games in hand. I expect them to win the division when all said it, when all is said and done with the Rangers probably coming in second just to prove me wrong, which the world likes to do all the time. Yeah. I mean, it that's it. Right. Yeah. What about, so, so that's the East in a nutshell. We know that the East is, you know, the quote unquote better, better conference out of the two so far this season as is most seasons, but uh, we're going to send over Josh with the central what's going on out West. Yeah. So with the central, like stack said, the predators are just out of nowhere in yeah, what? I believe that would be seventh in the league. Um, they have they have gone six three and one in their last ten. Um, they've had a quiet turnaround. They're twenty seven fourteen and three for second place in the central. As we know, the Avalanche are first with thirty eight and three as their record. One hundred and seventy one goals for, one hundred and twenty one goals against on an eight game winning streak. Nine zero and one in their last ten. I mean, this team is an unstoppable force, and the Sabers get to 
try to stop that unstoppable force on Sunday. So that'll be interesting. Um, next up, we get St. Louis Blues coming in at 25-12-5 and five in third place. I mean, they're looking pretty good here in the Central, but they didn't look so very good against the Calgary Flames the other day. <laughs> they lost 7-1 to to, to the Calgary Flames. Not very good at all. One team that's surprised me that's fallen off quite a bit is the Minnesota Wild. I mean, I didn't think they were going to hold on to first, but I thought they'd be in second or third. Um, they're down into fourth now at 25, 10, and three, but I don't really think there's going to be any team that bothers them. The other um, thing, too, is they have four games in hand on St. Louis, six right. games in hand on Nashville. So Yeah, no, they definitely have time to make up the make up the deficits, but the only team that I could see rivaling them would be the uh, the Dallas Stars. Um, but they even have two games in hand on them, and they're also ahead of them. So um, in the bottom half, we got the Stars, the Jets, the Blackhawks, and the lowly, lowly Desert Dogs, the Arizona Coyotes. And now, while we were doing this little standings update, I thought about a comparison for the Pacific. The Pacific is what is the NFC East in the NFL, or what will be the South <laughs> if Tom Brady retires, because uh... – God damn. NF- NFC South, yeah. Or NFC South, yeah. My bad. Um, but yeah. Oh, look, that's also the uh, the the quote unquote Western Conference in the NFL as well. Yeah. It's ironic, isn't it? So the Pacific sucks. Luke, tell us about it. Yeah. So Vegas obviously still holding on to that top spot, sitting at twenty five, fifteen, and three. They will most likely hold on to that spot for the season. I don't really see a team rivaling them unless Anaheim really picks it up, but. I don't see it happening as Anaheim sitting in second at 21, 16, and 8 for 50 points. L.A. right behind them at 21, 16, and 6 for 48 points. And then San Jose now out of the playoffs, playoff spot as Calgary has taken over, sitting at 20, 12, and 6 for 46 points. Um, as, you, as you might have heard, I did not mention um, the Edmonton Oilers, who are behind San Jose. It, it's honestly it's it's just nice to see like as bad as that sounds it's it's fun to see Edmonton just not be able to do anything they are on a two game win streak they were not, 18 18 16 and 2 at one point so it's not mean you right suck. um vancouver actually right behind them at 18 19 and 5 with 41 points and you know seattle's just there um yeah, Vegas is going to run away with this division, especially once they get Eichel into the lineup. I I see, as much as I don't want to say it, I do see Edmonton coming back and getting that final playoff spot. Maybe. It'll depend on what happens with LA and Calgary if they fall off at all. Um, but who knows? What's going to happen? So the question, as I mentioned before we started this uh, standings update that I wanted to ask, is there's two questions. One, I want to hear everyone's opinion on who's going to win the respective divisions and who is going to come away with the President's Trophy as we are at the halfway point of the season. Josh? I think... Either I think Florida will win the president's you, you, trophy. And, and mind you, you have to choose a team. You cannot say this one or this one. It has to yes. be a team. Well, remember that when you pick because you – Yeah, I know. I like to do it, but I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to send it. I'm, I'm good. We're good. Yeah. So Florida is going to win the president's trophy and the Atlantic. I know. Hot take. Okay. Okay. Um, for the Met, I think Carolina will most definitely make a push. 
I'm not picking them, but I do think the Capitals could also make a push just because of OV and Russian machine never breaks. Um, but I do think that the Hurricanes will hold out because they have the younger Russian. Um, Avs are going to win the Central, no doubt about it. And Knights are going to uh, – no, yeah, Knights are going to win the Pacific, depending on who they have to get rid of, but I think they'll still hold on to it. Anaheim could definitely give them a run for their money, but the Knights will win the Pacific. Stacco, what you think? Uh, I think Colorado will win the President's Trophy. Ooh. I think Tampa will end up coming back and winning the Atlantic. I think the Penguins will win the Metro. Uh, Colorado obviously winning the Central. And I think Vegas, yeah, Vegas will end up taking the Pacific. Although, speaking of the Pacific, uh, Trevor Zegras just hit the Michigan in the game right now against the Canadians. Yep. No, he did not. It's on Twitter. You got to look it up. He he fucking nailed the Michigan. It was gorgeous. So so what I'm like hearing actual is actual Michigan. Yeah, like a actual full blown. Not even stopped. Like he was skating around the net, picked up and threw it in. Like gorgeous. But so, that's so what that's like. a sleeper team is Anaheim oh. for me. But oh my god, <laughs> those are my picks. So what I'm hearing is he did a half Michigan against the Sabres as he threw it up over the net and had it smacked in. And now he did a full Michigan where he actually went around the cool. You loved it. You love to see it. Uh, it I, doesn't hurt. I now, at all. I now see why the Sabres did not get him for Jack Eichel. He, it was, it was never going to happen anyway. Well, I, no one ever thought he was going to be that good. Uh, well, this early, I should say. Yes. Yes. That is fair. Um, me personally, um, I'm gonna take I'm gonna take Florida winning the Atlantic. Okay. I, I really I really I really think they're gonna hold on and outlast Tampa win the Atlantic. I got Carolina winning the Metro. They have four games in hand on the Rangers right now and only two points behind them. Same amount of wins. So, and Vegas and Colorado winning their respective divisions. Colorado gets the President's Trophy. Ooh. They're they're holding on to it right now. They are the first team to get to 30 wins this year. Um, they are one of few teams to not have double-digit um, regulation losses, the only other teams being Carolina and Florida. Those are the only other two teams that don't have double-digit regulation losses, losses. And they have the least amount of regulation losses, and they only have eight versus Carolina and Florida's nine. So I really see Colorado really holding on and just dominating this entire year. Steve, what about you? What are your picks as we are wrapping up here on the Frozen Four podcast? Yeah, I'll make this brief. Uh, Florida's going to win the Atlantic. Carolina's going to win the Metro. Vegas is going to win the Pacific. Colorado's going to win the Central. And the Florida Panthers are going to win the President's Trophy. All right. So we got two for Colorado, two for Florida. We'll see what happens come the end of the season. We'll see who's right. We'll see who's wrong. We'll see if we're all wrong and someone else comes out of nowhere and wins it, like Carolina or some dumb shit like that. But with that, like I said, we are running out of time here on the 
Frozen Four podcast. So, Steve, what you got for us for closing time? Yep. So, for closing time this week, I would like to give a shout out to Andrew Peters and Craig Reve for their podcast, After the Whistle. So, they had for their 38th episode, I think it dropped Tuesday or something. I don't remember. Maybe Monday. Episodes. Yes. Oh, right. They record so, more than one day. We write. Never mind. Okay. Are you finished? Yeah, I'm stupid. All right, stifle thyself. So uh, they had Bobby Ryan on for an interview, and they got talking about his, you know, struggles with his not not really his upbringing, which uh, I forget who it was. I think it was ES or TSN that kind of went through his whole backstory. Like his dad was on the top hundred most wanted fugitives for the United States like his upbringing was absolutely fucking bonkers so it went from that to he was struggling with alcohol abuse went into the player uh, substance abuse program like the help program or whatever and uh, you know came back his first game back from that he got a hat trick I remember that yeah so yeah, so so they went through it and uh, shout shout out especially to Andrew Peters. This is the second interview I've heard him do with a guy who's had struggles like this with addiction, and he's been sober for it'll be ten years in May. Just the way he relates to guys like Bobby Ryan and the other one was with Ryan Leaf. The way he relates to him is able to you know communicate and bring it out. It's an absolutely awesome to listen to they did a great job with that interview i could have listened to them shoot the shit for like three hours uh definitely recommend it it was an absolute great episode you know agree with them disagree with them love them hate them but i i do enjoy peters and reve having their own show and uh li- listening to the first 10 seconds where the episode goes this episode of After the Whistle contains profanity. <laughs> Viewer discretion or listener discretion is advised or something. We need that. <laughs> yes. I was going to make a joke about it earlier, but I thought it would make more sense to give it context here. But bottom line, it was a great episode. And, you know, shout out to Peters and, you know, good, good luck to Bobby Ryan. He didn't make the Olympic team, but he's, Still trying to get into the next phase of his life, you know. Good luck to him, and you know, hats off for everything he's been through and everything he's done. Yeah, I'll give, I'll, I'll at least give uh, Peters and Reve the benefit of the doubt and the um, respect on that, and in, in order in being able to do something like that for a player and for former players and whatnot. I respect them for that. Some of their takes don't love them, but that's besides the point. <laughs> Stacko, what about you? What you got for us for closing time? Not a whole lot, actually. I don't, I don't really have a whole lot of anything, honestly. Yeah, no. Got a whole lot of nothing up there, huh? A whole lot of nothing, yeah. Josh? <laughs> I'm just uh, – I've been fascinated by the NHL rumor bot Twitter page. It is just so fun to scroll through. Um, when I first opened Twitter to go see uh, the Zegris goal, I saw an NHL Ruberbot tweet. So I went back to it. And obviously, these tweets are not real at all. 100% fake. (laughs) 
13 hours ago, the NHL Rumorbot tweets out, Tony D'Angelo has won the Lady Bing trophy. <laughs> and for those of you that don't remember, the Lady Bing is for the player that exhumes the best uh, sportsman-like sportsman, best qualities of sportsmanship. And I, I can't think of a better person than Tony D'Angelo to win that trophy. Um, let me read you a couple other ones here. Don Granado has been fired by the Buffalo Sabres. Um, Ralph Kruger has been fired by the New York Rangers. Gerard Gallant will be will be his replacement. Um, the trade is one for one. Jack Eichel for Travis Konechny. William Nylander has announced his retirement. I, I, I can go on. Oh, this one, will, you'll like this one, Stack. Alex Kerfoot has been traded to Columbus for a first and a fourth. <laughs> God, I wish. <laughs> I just, I, I don't know. I have a lot of fun with this. With this, if you guys don't follow it, check it out. It's, it's a good time. Um, but other than that, I don't have too much. Just like I said, just been plugging away at work, trying to get my name out there more, and you know, get more involved in stuff. So, yeah. Love to hear it. I do also enjoy um, the uh, NHL rumor bot. Guys. Trevor Zegers did the mission. Oh, yeah. yeah, you're, you're a little you were, behind. You were, yeah, you're on you the were away when, when Stack was talking about that. Oh, okay. Yeah. It's okay. So he did a half Michigan against the Sabres and then did a full Michigan against the Canadians. So he really just likes picking on the uh, Atlantic Division, I see. Can, can we just call it a lacrosse goal? Yeah, you're right. Why yeah, do they call yeah. it the fucking Michigan? Because Mike Legg of Michigan was the first guy to do it. Then why and don't I, we call it the Legg? Because it sounds stupid. Yes. 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 Very, very much so. Yes. Yeah, I'm gonna go pull a leg. <laughs> no. Excuse me, sir. <laughs> Break a leg? No. Um. All I really got. No, no. No, <laughs> no femurs broken here. No, only uh, only ankles. But that's besides the point. Ooh. <laughs> that, yes, that was a, that was very much a dig on Eric Dell. But. All I really got is this week is going to suck for myself because I'm going to be outside all day Saturday. It's going to be mad cold, but I, and I'm not about it. But I'm also getting promoted, so Yay. it's a give and a take with that one. I'm officially going to be a sergeant within the United States military, so it's fun. But, um, I mean, there's 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 hockey on. There's still football on if you want to put yourself through more Mahomes madness. I but just hope the Bengals beat the Chiefs. That's all. I do as well. Um, but like I say every week, be safe, be smart, go watch some hockey, and go Bills.